Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Okie dokie, Smokey. It's uh, seven minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. This is my dumb little show. Happy stinking Monday to you. Forecast freaking hot. Phone lines are open 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. And uh, I'll be mentioning this throughout the week. Gunslingers are doing a uh, a first responder night on on or first responder uh, game on Saturday afternoon. We'll be giving away family four packs. James, I'm going to give one away every day. Just we'll do, before the show's over, we'll give you a chance to get some uh, f- uh, some tickets. And also, if you're a first responder, you get in free. So we'll talk about that. Um, Sound of Freedom. Um, well, I actually saw a couple of new movies this week, and I saw Sound of Freedom. We went to see Sound of Freedom on Friday. And I saw I saw Asteroid City uh, at home on 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 Saturday night, and uh, so I, I know I was going to talk about this. I, I want to preface this by saying that I, I've been my own editor for like thirty years, and and in my writing, and one of the things that was very painful to learn, but but was something I needed to understand was when looking at my own stuff, I have to be able to look at my own stuff with a very objective mind. Uh, because I can't improve as a writer if I can't see my stuff honestly. You know, is this working? Is this not working? So maybe I'm a little overcritical or more critical than a lot of people are, but I, I carried that ethic with me into the movie theater on Friday afternoon with my wife. In that I tried to forget everything I had heard about the movie, both good and bad. There really isn't a lot of stuff out there in the reviews about the actual movie. Okay, you hear a lot of... like. It, a lot of crap about, you know, Jim Caviezel sucks and I hate Jesus and all this. And it's a conspiracy thing, QAnon, you know. And on the other side, oh, it's the greatest movie ever made, you know, and all this. So I, I tried to just empty my mind of all that stuff. As I would if I'm sort of reviewing something I've written, you know. I just want it to hit me as is. Just, you know, do what you're going to do. So we go to the movie and I'm watching it. And, you know, honestly, and, and it, it is a very important subject obviously so that this is the selling of children is something that really needs to stop in the human condition we really got to do something about that it's a very important subject matter the movie you know it was okay it wasn't a great movie it was an okay movie uh i i, I actually made a note of this on my phone when i got out of the uh out of the theater and I was really kind of thinking about it. I didn't want to forget. It was a really well-made public service announcement about child slavery. It, it, the message is you got it out there. Uh, you know, you got the tagline there. God's children aren't for sale. It was very prominent in that in a couple of scenes. And, you know, the, the message was the movie, as Trey said earlier, but it, it wasn't a great, I didn't think it was a great movie. I, I think it could have been much better. And, and you know, th- there was little or no character development. The pacing was wonky. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you, if you saw it, but I, I, a lot of you have. It's, it raked in, it's raked in $83 million so far. I was really surprised by how underplayed the character of the father was, who, for someone whose kids are missing, you don't know where they are, showed little to no real emotion. I didn't see any emotion from the guy. It was really underplayed. I the, the the bad guys who are arguably the skeeziest, worst human beings on planet Earth were kind of cartoony. You know, I, I, I was surprised about a third of the, I didn't even know what the rating of the movie was. Going once I was in the theater, I, I really hadn't thought about the rating because I'll be honest with you, I assumed it was an R rating because of the subject matter, and it wasn't. I think it was PG thirteen. I got about a quarter of the way into the movie, and I realized this is a PG flick. Th- this I and I, in a sense, I kept missing that it wasn't an R rated movie because of the subject matter. I wanted it to be. I thought it just didn't feel. Like the movie itself rose to the level of the subject subject matter, if that makes sense. It was an okay movie. Um, I would say it was maybe a little better than what we used to call the movie of the week. It's 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 somebody on my I posted about it 
<laughs> on Friday. I didn't say anything about it because I was going to do it on the air, but I just mentioned we had seen it, and somebody was comparing it to Schindler's List, and I'm like, mm, no, it ain't that. Um, and I'm not saying don't go see the movie. Like I said, it's an okay movie. It's not a bad movie. Uh, it, it's it's not a great movie. It ain't great cinema, but maybe that's not the point. My wife really liked it, or liked it more than I did. And uh, and she said, well, the, the and Trey kind of said this too that the the message mattered more than the movie. Um, I, my perspective on stuff like that is. If you really want to get your message across, make great freaking art. In- instead of just saying something to somebody, if you show them something or have them experience something emotional, y- your your message will be much more long-lasting and deeper if you make it just an amazing piece of art. And it's not about crap blowing up or action or anything like that. It's about... How you edit a scene, how you develop a character, how you, you know, how you tell the story. And for me, I'm always, well, tell the story as best as you possibly can. And the message or the whatever you're trying to get across to people will have a much deeper impact than just making something and saying, well, this is what it's about. And this is very important. I actually oddly had the stri- same reaction to what I saw Asteroid City. I'm a huge... Uh, James and I were talking about this on Friday. I'm a, I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. I mean, going all the way back to the Royal Tenenbaums, my favorite is probably Moonrise Kingdom. It's a great flick. Uh, what was it? The Grand Budapest uh, Hotel was a great flick. Ray Fine was was brilliant in that movie. And I, Asteroid City kind of suffered from what I thought Freedom uh, Sound of Freedom suffered from in a, a certain level of. Well, this is a great movie, and you're going to like it because it's Wes Anderson. It, it was a it was a very Wes Anderson-y movie, and it felt like the fact that I'm Wes Anderson and making a movie should carry the day, and it really didn't. It was really kind of a weird, boring-ass movie, to be honest with you. I didn't really believe any of the people were real, and it was kind of the same thing with Sound of Freedom. The message is so important that will carry the day, and for me at least, well, now it. <laughs> I still needed to see a good movie, you know, and and it it just wasn't that. Now that again may not be the point. Also, my freaking review of this movie is fairly moot because it it's rake it's doing it's creeping up on Tom Cruise's ass, and that's not an easy thing to do with the theater. Uh, so yeah, I'm not saying don't go see it. I'm just trying to be as honest as possible with with my take on it, and I I just I felt like. Uh, they were pulling their punches, and again, maybe it's a, it's it's a faith based studio. Um, you know, they they I guess they want to make something that family can watch. I don't know. I mean, it, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a family flick, but uh, yeah, the, the bad guys were not really cussing all that much, which seemed odd to me when you're talking about the worst people in the world. I I don't know about you, but I wanted to learn. I wanted to know a little bit more about the kids and the dad. Before they got abducted, you know, which didn't really happen. You didn't really know anything about them. Um, you know, again, very good. Fl- the, the most impactful moments for me or the most the, the two moments in the flick, honestly, that got the most emotional reaction out of me were the opening credits and the closing credits. The, the opening credits, they showed nothing but video footage of actual kids being actually abducted through, throughout the entire opening credits. Whoa, that that was powerful. That was that took my breath away. That was like Jesus. It happened so fast. That was emotional. That had an impact on me. And then at the very end, before they roll the end credits, they they show you the stats on how many kids go missing every month, uh, how much money this in- industry makes. Who the biggest consumer is? Guess what? It's us. That had an impact. The movie itself was, it was okay. It was, it was, but just okay. And uh, again, maybe I'm just a really overcritical guy when it comes to stuff like this. But again, I, it, for me, if you really want to make an impact, make a really great movie about the subject matter. This was all about the subject matter or the topic 
and 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 not so much about making a good movie. And and guys, there's only one ask. There's only one thing. And plus, oh, and there was no political, no QAnon crap. That's completely contrived. Dudes, there's only one criticism that Rolling Stone put out there that I will agree with, and it's the second time I disagree with Caviezel's makeup. <laughs> the Passion of the Christ was, I think, a, just a, a great movie. It, it, it should have won a whole bunch of Oscars. That was an incredible piece of filmmaking. I never got the big prosthetic nose, though. I thought, <laughs> he didn't need the big honker. You know, he really, he really didn't need that. That, to me, sometimes was distracting. And in this one, they gave Caviezel blonde hair because the guy, the real guy's got blonde hair. And it looked like me if I, you know, was on morphine and wandering through a Walgreens. I want to pick up some hair dye for some bizarre reason. You know what I mean? James, his blonde hair with the streaked blonde hair was actually kind of distracting to me because he's like, it wasn't necessary to the character. And they didn't do a good job, like the coloring with his skin. It wasn't skin. even a good job of okay. dyeing his hair. It that's really was. The, that's the first step of being wrong. If Jim Caviezel were playing one of the Hardy Boys in a live action version of the Hardy Boys, I could, you know, they, they he looked like Ken from the Barbie movie. He looked like was, what's that guy's name? Oh, um, the actor that's playing Ken. He looked like him. That I was actually kind of distracted by that. Like Bo Duke is rescuing kids. You know, it just looked it, he, very obvious. He's not a blonde guy, and it just I thought that was a little. But again, not a bad movie. It's no, not a great movie, but not a bad movie, and uh, obviously about a very important subject. Um, so what do you think? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. Phone lines are open if you want to try to get through. 210-599-5555. If you have any thoughts on Sound of Freedom or my thoughts on Sound of Freedom, uh, give us a ring. Um, you know, and I, I didn't... I, also, I, I, I tried barbacoa for the second time uh, in my existence, and we'll, we'll talk... I'm going to create some dramatic tension here, James. So we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. My second take on barbacoa. But I, I didn't see this, but I guess Trey, would, I guess Biden was sniffing some young girl again. Dude, it's... Have you seen it? Was it pretty bad? Okay, so... bad, Christian? Yeah. He he does like what you would do if it was your grandkid, like, uh, oh, I'm going to eat your little arm. Oh, God, are you serious? <laughs> he was actually nibbling. Trey said he was nibbling on the kid's shoulder. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And then as soon as he's done nibbling, the kid pulls away, and then he sneaks in a sniff oh, real quick. God. Yeah. yeah. Oh! See, I want to, you know what, I, I will say this and I, about the movie. Like, Jim Caviezel is a badass actor. I mean, the guy really is a, is a good actor. I want Caviezel to start showing up around Biden. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to I see, see Biden sniffing some little kid and freaking Caviezel in, like, a flak jacket is standing behind him just looking at him with that look of... <laughs> a flak jacket. I'm going to... I'm just going to start well, speaking in Aramaic. You know, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, it looked like, because I saw the video, I think, Friday, one of the colleagues here, I forget who showed it to me, and the nibbling on the shoulder, you've, you've seen uncles, grandfathers do that, like, to their granddaughter. To or their, their niece. granddaughter. But it really, you, you hear about the hair sniffing stuff from time to time, and you've seen, like, a couple of examples of it in this one, because you had to watch all the way to the end. Ugh. Because when you saw the nibbling, it was tempting. <laughs> It was tempting to close your eyes and do what you did, go, ugh. ugh. But then you missed the hair sniff. The hair sniff. You had to watch that. It I, just want to, I just want to see somebody pan out, and there's Caviezel just standing there with his arms closed. <laughs> it, it wasn't a shaking his head. Sniff. Like, I'm going to ruin you. What's that? It wasn't a subtle sniff. He <laughs> leans, no, it was awful. He it leans was a, in. It was a deep <laughs> inhale. <laughs> Caviezel in the movie at one point tells a pedo, he's like, I'm going to make sure you go to the worst prison that you're just going to get raped over and over again. Like, says it to the guy. I want to see Caviezel say that to President Biden. <laughs> We're just going to impeach you, and I'm going to send you to the worst political prison in this country. Could be the... Raped over and over again, you know. Could be the sequel to the movie. <laughs> take, take down the pedo president. He was nibbling on a child. Why doesn't anybody in the left say anything about that? Like, that, I mean, y'all got kids too, right? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care how you vote. 
You can sit there and tell me you don't find that creepy as as crap when he does that. It's Yeesh. pretty odd. Pretty odd. The yeah. sound of sniffing. Ah. Oh, well, just to be clear, the I don't think the video has sound, but thank you, Jesus. But you can imagine it, Sean. Hey, not a joke. Not a joke. <laughs> not a joke. <laughs> no, hey, not a joke. You smell like my granddad. My grandpappy smelled that way too. <laughs> What a sick old blank he is, man. You know the word I'm thinking of, too. <sighs> Rhymes with mallard. I think you know what I mean by that. Uh, 210-599-5555. All right. What do I think about barbacoa? When we get back, uh, it's because it's Monday and I want to go easy on you. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Smart speakers and us make smart listeners most of the time. Tell your smart speaker to play KTSA. Yeah, man. New Stock 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. It's 938. Phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. We'll give away some gunslinger tickets uh, coming up next hour. 210-599-5555. There is something. Let me, uh, 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 there's something interesting, I think, that's going on right now uh, in the marketplace. And, and Sound of Freedom kind of plays into that. Um, and maybe I'm sure you, you're observing this or maybe you, you know, participated to a certain extent, but people are getting very, and this caller brought this word to my attention a couple of weeks ago and stuck in my mind. People are really getting tribal with what they consume and what they don't consume. Uh, you know, I, I didn't see this story, but I guess Disney's putting out a new Snow White. She's like, oh, is she a Mexican lesbian or something like that? Or she's, I don't know. She's, I'm sure it's going to be diverse. And you know what? No one's going to go see it. It's going to fail miserably. Uh, I, I don't know. Did the Black Little Mermaid movie do all that well? I don't think it did all, all that well. So you, you first off, you, you on the one end, uh, on the one end of the market in the, in the country right now, you have a whole bunch of people who are putting out products, whether it's a movie or it's a TV show or, hell, a mediocre beer, and saying, well, hey, if if you don't love this, that we're doing this, or you don't love our movie, you know, with our two tranny-talking cartoon characters tongue-kissing, then you're, you're a hater, you're QAnon, you're, you're a transphobe, and and you know you you gotta like this stuff. And, and there's I imagine there's a certain audience for stuff like that. That's that's primarily born of the left of their extreme agenda. That well, yeah, I'm gonna go see the Disney movie because it's got gay people in it. You know, and I'm evolved, and I like gay people, and I like trannies. So I'm gonna go see the Little Mermaid and the Snow White. You know what I mean? Like they're they're not. It's not really about oh, I'm curious to see that. It's I'm gonna go see it because you know there's gay people in it. Or whatever manner of people you're you're talking about, whatever box checkers we're we're discussing here. Look, the Little Mermaid's black. You better see it, or you hate black people. And it's really kind of it's starting to happen on the other side. But the other side is having a much better go of it. Okay, Bud Light is is barely keeping the lights on right now. Bud Light is barely keeping the lights on because for a whole lot of people. You drop a a skinny-ass tranny into a bathtub with a Bud Light, and even people who don't like Bud Light are not going to drink it. You know what I mean? I'm never going to – you will never see a freaking Bud Light come to my lips again. It became a statement. I I think to a certain extent that kind of plays into Sound of Freedom as well in that people know it's it's from a Christian studio. People know it's from a faith-based production house. Uh, it, it's been around for five years, uh, and it's just now getting released. I guess Disney had slowed, the, had owned it for a number of years, and they were finally able to buy it back from Disney. Who wanted to shelve it, and and it's it's doing just crazy good at the box office. Again, sorry for my opinion, kind of a okay, mediocre movie, not a great movie, but I think there's also a component where people are like. Oh yeah, you're not gonna release my Christian-based movie, my my faith-based produced movie. I'm gonna go see it and tell everybody else to go see it. We're all gonna see it. 
Not saying that the topic isn't extremely important, because it is. And it's something we really need to have some kind of a conversation about. Or, you know, people shouldn't really, 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 really shouldn't be selling freaking children into slavery. Something needs to be done. It, it, it's, it, I, I have my own thoughts as to why it continues. And Trey and I are in agreement about, you know, the, 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 the industry in the marketplace and, and, and uh, of that particular crime and who's really funding it and who's really a part of it. And they're the kinds of people who have lots of money and lots of power. So, yeah, the human race is that this is something the freaking human race needs to address. Certainly, that's true. But a lot of people are also, I think, going to see it because of who made the movie, because it's Caviezel. And we'll show you. And and I, I don't I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think the left in this country are on a daily basis just mystified why the product they're putting out, whether it's the agenda itself or it's a, it's a freaking Disney movie uh, reflecting that agenda or it's a TV show reflecting that agenda or it's a freaking pride display at Target. It, you know, the, the reaction they're getting is, is so massive and so swift. I, I think it's really confusing the crap out of them because these are, these tend to be very arrogant people and why wouldn't you love a, a black uh, little mermaid? What's wrong with you? You know, I mean, so there's a really interesting thing going on in the marketplace with politics and faith. And again, the, 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 the traditional folks, the conservative folks, they're winning the day right now in pretty much every single one of these culture wars. In, in everything that either is being put out like Sound of Freedom or The Jesus Revolution, another pretty small-budget movie with only one known actor, Kelsey Grammer, who's not even an A-lister and hasn't been for some time. And crap loads of people went to go see it. Uh, I think when you're frustrated, and I, I, I'm late to the show here and I, on this particular topic, and I'm not even a guy who who does this. Like I, I don't, I don't see a movie or not see a movie for any other reason other than I'm curious to see it, or buy a product, or go into a store. I'm, you know, I'm not that guy. I, I don't vote with my dollar. I really don't. Primarily because I'm lazy, but you know that's just me. But you know what? A lot of people are. A lot of people are saying we've had enough, <laughs> we're done. And I think a lot of people get frustrated. Uh, I call it glazing over where, you know, th- th- there's so many issues and the issues are so impactful of our country and of our lives that you, you kind of left going, well, what do I do? Uh, what do I do? What if the system's rigged and my vote really doesn't matter? Well, you know what? In the marketplace and in culture, people, I think in large numbers are in fact having an impact. Because when people's bottom line starts drying up, even if they're an old established product like Disney, they start to take notice. They're they're not yet, by the way. (laughs) They're not at that point where they're really starting to to feel the burn here. But, you know, just ask Bud Light how they're feeling about stuff right now. So overall, I think it's a good thing that, that people are, in a sense, voting with their dollars. Uh, uh, and I, you know, certainly I think that's a, a, a voice that, uh, a lot of people hear that maybe ordinarily they wouldn't because they themselves are kind of locked into a bubble of some kind. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. The news, weather, traffic, and sports for your that's day. Always on News Talk 550 KTSA. All day, every day. And FM 1071. Okay, News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. We're making our way through a Monday morning fairly well. Yes, Mr. Man? Phone lines are open 210-599-5555. Barba Koa. Um, well, this is the second time I've, I, you know, famously, and I am ashamed of this. I'm deeply ashamed that I, I tried barbacoa when I first came to San, Anto- San Antonio, and I didn't like it. I just Well, actually, when I first met my wife, I went to his place, got barbacoa and Big Red, and I just couldn't. The barbacoa, I just, uh, I, I just, something about it, I just I can't, I can't do the cheek meat. I just, you know, I, I just, Christian, I just, I can't. 
And so that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So it came out, I think it came out as an on air thing, right? I think it came out over the air. I was like, well, I'll, somebody kept bugging me about it or listeners. I'm like, well, I'll try it one more time. <laughs> okay. You, I'll you, try it one more time. You gave it two good efforts, man. And uh, we asked, my wife asked around, what's a great place? I want to take him to someplace that's got great barbacoe. It's got to be really, because she thinks that the first barbacoe I got wasn't very good, which is why I didn't like it. So. She asked around as far as where we live on the, on the northwest side, and somebody said, Rio's in Helotus. That's where you go. So we went to Rio's on Sunday morning, got two pounds of barbacoa, okay? Uh, my wife suggests green. She likes the green salsa with the barbacoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, went home. Uh, my son and daughter and wife dove into it immediately, and they said, it's very good barbacoa. It's the real deal. It's really, really good. You got the all-meat one. Yes. Yeah, that's more expensive, but it is it's better quality. And so uh, they're obviously homemade tortillas that we got, and uh, uh, made myself a and I followed instructions, <laughs> dudes. I, I little salt. I said put a little salt on there. Yeah. Put a little bit of the green salsa. I personally like pico de gallo on everything, so I put a little bit of pico de gallo on that. Nothing wrong with that. And yeesh. Uh, no, I'm a honky. No, I, I'm a white guy. I just really, I'm really Caucasian. And I, I've said for you, this is the, 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 the watermark, you know, I mean, between me being, you know, the, the, the naturalized by marriage Mexican guy that I want to be, because mm. I do listen to a lot of Selena. I love Selena, and I love, I love Mexican food. I do. All right? I used to love tequila a lot, too, if that tells you something. Mm-hmm. Tells us a lot. <laughs> And uh, especially those of you who have received my late night emails when I'm uh, when I used to be back in the tequila days, so you know, or 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 I'm a white guy, or I'm just a honky, as my wife says. You're just a honky. You're just a white. And, and this was the, this was the seat. This was the demarcation point. Christian was either can, do I love barbacoa or do I hate it? And I freaking hate it. I just I don't like it. Well, it's the aftertaste. All, first of all, it's barbacoa. Barbacoa. Okay. Barbacoa. I feel kind of bad because I had barbacoa over in Spain. It's the same thing we get here. There's no difference. No, because they don't do. They don't have the Spain, though, not Mexico. Exactly, and there's no tortillas or anything. You know what a tortilla is in Spain? What? It's like a big, round, fluffy egg. Like a, like a giant omelet. You're confusing me now, Christian. Eggs. Okay, let me just yeah. stick with the do- image of tortillas that I have, okay? Because now I, you got, you're got you adding eggs to it, and I'm getting confused. <laughs> yes, I was, too. <laughs> I'm just saying I can't. James, are you a big barbacoa eater? Oh, yeah. I, it's the aftertaste. I can't explain it. It's, 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 it's not your... really just knowing what it is, because I'll eat some gross crap. I mean, believe me. But... It's just a reasonable statement. Your palate. That's yeah, all. I just something about the aftertaste of it, the consistency. Well, there's people that think uh, that cilantro tastes like soap to them. Yes, my son does not eat cilantro oh, for the man, same reason. I'm, I would, I would smoke cilantro. If I, I could. love cilantro. I think I, I have. Really, <laughs> I love cilantro. Yeah, I'm in love. But with it. I can't do the bar. There's two things I can't do. I can't do the barbacoa. I can't do menudo. I can't even be in the same room with some fresh menudo. So what is it about barbacoa? Because I don't think I've had. The, the the Mexican version of barbacoa. It's just, I don't know. Again, I told my wife, it's the aftertaste. She's like, it doesn't have an aftertaste. <laughs> what aftertaste? <laughs> I'm like, settle down, Zorro. I don't, I'm telling you, I, it's got an aftertaste, all right? This is, is how my the, wife and I talk to each other. Yeah, that's why you're still together. <laughs> yes. I just, I can't do, I'm too honky for the barbacoa, man. I don't eat the intestines either. What do they call Trepus? Yeah. I don't do the intestines. I don't want to go home and like trade. So we <laughs> First had barbacoa, and he introduced his wife introduced it to him. He goes over and is like, calf's head sitting in the sink. And I, I just, no, I just can't. No, I, I can't do, do that it. I'm no. so sorry, San Antonio. I have failed you. I can't get into barbacoa, man. I'm no longer white anymore, and I'm not Mexican. I'm caught between worlds. But you I'm are just saying. But what? you are on the air, though. What? You're on the air. I am on the air. I know. I love. I am on the air. I'm just saying. I just can't do the barbacoa, man. It just grows around. It's stringy. It's weird. And my wife. And they all love it. I mean, they're just diving into it, man. Isn't it? Isn't they're it? Tossing just little like, chunks to the cats. You know what? Isn't it just like pulled pork or something? No, or it- man. It's cheek meat. You okay. rip it off the 
cow's skull. It's it, it's right, James. I'm not. Yes, that's what it is. But meat's meat. Let's eat. Come on. It's uh, that aftertaste, man. Like 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 us Mexicans are throwing away meat. Nah, we don't need that. Nah, we don't need. No, nah, we eat everything. You eat everything, man. Yeah. Imagine you don't suck the horns for the for the pro, you know, for the calcium or something. I'm just saying. I can't do barbacoa, man. I just can't do. I'm you so sorry. You gave it a good, legit shot. I'm so sorry. So I know what I'm bringing in tomorrow morning for Sean Rymer. My wife is so ashamed. She's <laughs> born and raised here. She's so she's, deeply ashamed. She's embarrassed. I have no tribe. <laughs> I am not welcome in either tribe anymore. <laughs> what am I going to do? So I'll be a white guy. I went out and got some sushi and asparagus. <laughs> Well, there's a combo. <laughs> artichoke hearts. Artichoke hearts. You know, my wife's never had an artichoke heart. In her. Really? Sound, I love artichoke oh, hearts. They're awesome. White, we're white guys, Christian. We, of course we love artichoke hearts. Do you get them like, like with the, like the oil and vinegar? Oh, or? hell yes. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, I could eat a jar of them. I have done that. I my drink the like, juice. It's so good. I will drink the, I'll drink artichoke juice before I'll nosh on freaking barbacoa. James, That's all I'm saying. you take shots of... of Artichoke heart no. juice? Oh, I'll put it in a Bloody Mary. A bl- well, he's got to add oh, okay. something else All to right. it. Yeah. Whew. So I'm sorry I failed at my second attempt at eating barbacoa. I, I just don't like it. All right. It's okay, mijo. Let me take my white ass to the bathroom. We'll see you in a few minutes. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Monday. And the phone lines are open 210 599 Trump, 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 talking about stuff and i let's talk about uh, his thoughts on ukraine uh he's on with that uh bartiromo chick i think i can't think of her first name all of a sudden let me go up here so i don't look like a dumbass maria bartiromo sunday morning future so it's it's kind of a businessy show i've i've seen that's usually on when i'm just waking up on sundays uh, and, and he's talking about Vlad and, and, and Vladimir Putin and Zelensky and, you know, he's Trump. So it takes him a little while to get around. He's a New Yorker. Oh, I have a beautiful relationship with, uh, Zelensky. I have a beautiful relationship with Donald Trump. Beautiful. We love it. You know, we just beautiful. A lot of us, they're vicious, but I love them both. You know, I mean, he's just, he's going on and on. Uh, and she finally gets him to say, well, you said you'd solve the Ukrainian war in 24 hours. Well, how would you do that? Beautiful. I have a beautiful relationship, you know. And finally, she gets him to, to answer the question. Uh, I'm not saying this to be critical of Trump. I actually love this about Trump, that he's just he's such a New Yorker. He really is. Back when they were cool, you know. And uh, uh, says, well, I'd, I'd go to each one of them. And I'd say to Russia, hey, you make a deal with Zelensky or I'm going to arm him uh, with everything he needs, every more than you can imagine. I'm just going to really jack up his munitions. You know, uh, he says I'd go to Zelensky and say, you, you make a, a deal with uh, with uh, Vlad or I'm cutting you off, cutting the money river off in the munitions river. Basically, he would do what Trump does. He'd, he'd offer them both a deal, uh, you know, an offer they can't refuse, right? Zelensky, either make a deal with, with the, the Russians or I, you don't get any more stuff from us. Vlad, either make a deal with Zelensky or, you know, I'm going to give him everything and more. And you know what? It would work. You know why? Because they're they're scared of it. Trump actually is the, the one guy. He reminds me a lot of Reagan and it's not in the way, not in style, not in methodology, not in the way they roll or, or, you know, their whole shtick. Uh, but when, when you go back and you look at how really the fall of the Soviet union came about, it really was about a very frank conversation between the president and, and, uh, who was it at that point? It wasn't Brezhnev. Uh, Oh, the guy with, the map of Albania on his forehead, as Robin Williams used to say, Gorbachev, and uh, said, look, you, you, we'll just outspend you. There's no way you can win this. 
Trump handles things in much the same way. Both Reagan and Trump were what? They were free market guys. They started off in the free market system. Reagan and Hollywood and film, Trump and real estate and, and all the other stuff he's done. So they, they understand the power of leverage, not quite in the same way that Joe Biden understands leverage when it comes to call it getting investigations called off. But, you know, it, it, brass tacks, cards on the table. Make a deal with him or I cut off everything I'm giving you. You make a deal with him or I'm going to give him everything he needs to wipe you out. You know, it's a done deal. And I think he's right. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, Donald Trump's never going to be president again. And I, I know it's, it's my cynicism coming through. But I'm also just observant. And I, I don't, you know, when you got a guy who is currently in the, in the Oval Office who can barely make sense in any given thing he says, he doesn't, it's pure gibberish at this point. Dude's traveling towards stage four of dementia, in my opinion. Okay, and I've seen what that looks like, and I've heard it too. Doesn't make any sense. He's sniffing little girls for some bizarre reason because he's also a creep. Nobody likes him. <laughs> the, the only people who like Joe Biden are members of his own family who, you know, are doing quite well uh, off of his presidency and his vice presidency before that. But nobody likes Joe. Nobody wants him. You know, but uh, if you're going to cheat... <laughs> and and I think uh, this is what I think is going to happen. I don't think they're going to let Donald Trump be president again. I really don't. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how that manifests beyond a rigged election like we had the last time out. But they sure, especially when he's talking about, I'm going to end that that, that uh, Ukrainian thing overnight. And do you doubt that he, that he won't? I mean, I absolutely believe he could do that. He, he muscled uh, North Korea. Uh, Vlad, uh, you know, was really cautious around a guy like Trump. Uh, whereas when Biden, uh, uh, rolled into Moscow, uh, Vlad was basically laughing his ass off the entire time. Trump stomps on the Terra and people know that he means what he says, that he's going to do whatever you think of him. You think he's a jerk. You think he's a clod. He's inelegant, whatever. He's profane. All right, people, and I'm talking folks around the globe, world leaders, they know that he's going to do what he says he's going to do because he has a track record of that. But if uh, again, if you want the Ukrainian war to continue open-ended because you benefit from it somehow, whether it's through military contracts, uh, whether you you want to make the claim at some point that we're in a moment of crisis and we have to do this, and so we have to curb certain uh, kinds of behavior here stateside, I don't know. Trey and I both say this, and we both agree with this, that basically Ukraine is a massive money laundering scheme for a whole lot of people. Uh, Donald Trump's out there uh, talking smack about how he'd bring that to a close fairly, fairly quickly, and the fact is... They know he would. So I, I don't know. I, I'm, his numbers are still off the charts. Trump is unstoppable right now in a fair contest. But I, I just don't think they're, they're, the, the, the evil swamp is going to allow him to be president again. What that means, I don't know. 2105 or how that's going to look, I don't know. 210 uh, 210-599-5555. Um, also, uh, I want to talk about this. This was a, a story that came out, I think, on Friday. It, it was kind of floating around last week, and I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins talking about it on Friday. Fox uh, posted a story on Friday. A, a new phenomenon called sleep divorce. Do we, have we heard about sleep divorce? Sleep divorce is when you're married, but you no longer occupy the same marital bed at night. You you sleep in different places because you can't get a decent night's sleep lying there with your spouse. Because she burps, she snores really loud, she farts, I don't know. And so it's becoming increasingly popular for married couples to not sleep in the same room together. In fact, according to this article I'm looking at, a full third of all married couples sleep separately. And and they say it's because 
Well, he can't stop moving around. He likes it cold. I like it hot. He farts. I don't. I don't know. Um, I call bull crap on this one, man. <laughs> if you don't want to sleep with your spouse anymore, there's something else going on, man. There's something. My wife's lactose intolerant, okay? I think you know what that means when she eats a bowl of ice cream around 10 o'clock at night. I'm not moving out of the bedroom. I'm just saying. James, don't you, don't you think there's... If you really don't want... If you don't want to sleep in the same bed as your spouse, okay, but there's something else going on. The older there, generation. Grandpa had his bed and grandma had her no, bed. No, that was just in a Dick Van Dyke show. People, they didn't actually sleep in separate beds, did they? Yes. I don't I don't remember that growing up. Well, I've... Okay, you know I'm single, but if right. I did get into a relationship with a girl... I wouldn't mind if she just kept her own place and never moved in. <laughs> but that's not me- right. <laughs> sure. Look, you want to hear an interesting, interesting story? Martin Scorsese has been with the same woman for, I think, like 30 or 40 years. They maintain separate apartments. They've never actually cohabitated. I love that idea. So you love that. I think it's glorious. No, not my wife. Baby, if you're out there, you're never <laughs> sleeping in another room, and I, I'm not ever sleeping in another room. I'm not going to go sleep in the cat room. <laughs> you're, we're, I, I think if you're married, you need to suffer through that and figure it out. You know, I, Christian's jumping in on this. I don't blame him. You're you're a married guy, right? Yeah. Sleeping in separate rooms, can you see any logic to that? Yes, because I've had to do it. Really? Why was that? Because the last time I worked morning drive news, just like this, just like this. Oh, that makes sense. Scheduling, okay. Is that where you're going with it? It was a wreck for my wife when the alarm clock goes off at 1.45. Right. and so this was uh, this was was over a year. I mean, not weekends, right? But and that was like you said, kind of a necessary type because I mean, she's got to sleep, right? And then I've got to sleep. I'm going to bed at five thirty p.m. Right. back then. It's already dark in Des Moines. Talk about depressing. I don't care. I wake my wife's ass up every morning. <laughs> I don't care. One way or the other, I wake her ass up every <laughs> single morning. When I get if I gotta get up, everybody's gotta be up. But what if it's my son's just go, my son's just going to sleep around that time. But I I I wake I don't mean to, but I wake her ass up every. This is what you this is what you married, baby. What if what if it's saving the marriage by <laughs> sleeping no, in different beds? After everything we've been through, sleeping in separate beds wouldn't do. I mean, we're we're pretty solid. You know what I mean? Well, and I want if, her to suffer, you know. She signed. She married my ass twice. I burp, twice. I snore, I fart. First, we went to the downtown to the what do you call it, town hall, mm-hmm. and then the next year we had a big wedding with you know uh, a whole bunch of people for the family and friends. So she married me twice, Christian, by choice. Yeah, you're not sleeping in some other room. No, that's not happening. I don't care if we don't do a damn thing. You're not sleeping anywhere else. Well, I'm not sleeping anywhere else. What if you end up with, like, sleep apnea or something? I don't care. <laughs> We're not sleeping in someplace else. In well, sickness and Then in she's going to have to get used to sleeping next to Darth Vader. That's all. For better or worse, <laughs> nights of sleep. What? In sickness and in health. In for better or worse. sickness and in health and my morning farts and bad morning breath, too. All of it, that's, that's a part of it. You got to deal with it, man, if you're going to be married. You got to deal with it. I'm telling you. And I, my morning breath is like freaking napalm, man. But you know what? You're not going anywhere, baby. I'm just talking to my wife right now. She's awake. I know she is. You're not sleeping in any other room ever, baby. You're sleeping with me in the she's, same room every night. She's all creeped out now. Okay, I'll call up Lindell and get you a freaking pillow or something if you need it, you know. But you're not well, sleeping you any, you're not sleeping anyplace else but in the bedroom. And conversely, I'm not sleeping anyplace else either but the bedroom. What about the cats? See, we have a, a cat room where the cats sleep. Oh, you do, you have a room dedicated? Well, we have an extra room, and the cats have taken it over. Oh, How it's got many a bed cats? and a TV. Ten. I have ten cats. Well, we just had kittens. Do you need eleven? No. Or What's wrong with you? I have ten. I thought you were collecting. No, Sean. I'm done. But I'm not, baby, I'm I'm not ever sleeping in the cat room. We're sleeping together every single night for the rest of our stinking lives until we're old and decrepit, baby. And someday, like something out of a Raiders of the Lost Ark movie, I'm just going to flake away into dust right there next to you in the bed. You're never (laughs) sleeping in another room, baby. It's over. It's over. Okay. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. 
It's not a secret. This is Jack Riccardi. Stay connected to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi. How are you? Dolph Lundgren married a like chick in her mid-20s. He, he's 65. Uh, he's, uh, they were spotted in Greece, uh, over the weekend, uh, with his 27 year old and 21 year old daughter and their new stepmommy, uh, who is like 23 or 24. He's 65. I, I don't know. I don't know how you bridge that. I mean, the rich and famous guys. Well, yeah, Pacino just, Pacino just impregnated somebody, and he's like 98. He's like three days older than Moses, you know, and he's still, you know, producing human beings. I just, I don't know what you would. Now, I, I'm now in, in all honesty, you know, it's a Monday. The news is all is kind of boring. So let me just ramble about this for a second. I, I'm really, it's it's probably really nauseating to follow me on Facebook right now because my wife and I are really just having a great time, and we're just we're we're in a really cool, happy moment with each other after coming out of a pretty tough season, you know, that lasted a number of years. And and we've kind of rediscovered each other, frankly. You know, and here we are, you know, I'm I'm 55, she's going to be 40. And uh we're just kind of falling in love all over again. It's a lot of fun. It really really is. Uh and and one of the things that I enjoy about our relationship is that we aren't that too far apart in in age. And so we have mutual, you know, cultural references, generational stuff that re- references that we understand. I just don't know what the hell you talk to a 25-year. And I, I we have kids that are around that age, but they're a strange generation. I mean, I I I, I I'll be honest with you. I've reached that that chapter or that juncture in life where I actually have a hard time even understanding what anybody under the age of 30 is talking about. It's like listening to Joe Biden. If Joe Biden were who he is now as a 23-year-old, I don't even know what the hell they're talking about most of the time. But these rich and famous guys, man. And Dolph still looks great. I'm not going to spend the whole time talking about it. Dolph still looks good, too. I hate him. <laughs> I hate that guy. But you know, God, God bless there. God bless. Um, I, I, you know, I want to talk. Uh, I mentioned Sound of Freedom uh, very quickly, and I'd kind of given you my my thumbnail review of the movie. Um, it it's an okay movie with a great message, or a great meaning, important. It's a very important. Me- this this is something that people really do need to have a, a talk about, a conversation about, and we really need to do something about the selling of children. Especially when our country is apparently the largest consumer in that market uh, of that product, which is other human beings, children. It, it was not a great movie. It was an okay movie. The only, the only thing I, with a movie like Sound of Freedom, which again, it it it, it, it accom- it's accomplishing its goal, which is to bring attention to this very disturbing subject you know and doing it in a fairly large way it pulled in 83 million bucks i think over the weekend or overall i don't know a very low budget independent studio produced film Caviezel was probably the biggest expenditure you know what i mean uh or or the play you know the moving the crew around a very low budget movie that's doing exceptionally well so whether I think it's a great movie or a mediocre movie is irrelevant. It, it's a lot of people are watching this movie. I do get a, you kind of I do kind of get the feeling that it, like we hear this in the left all the time that if you don't like every freaking thing we do, it's because you hate trans people or you hate black people or you, you whatever. There is kind of a feel with the movie in that if you don't like this movie, does that mean you're pro child slavery? No. You know, of course not. But things are very tribal right now in that people are are expressing themselves or their displeasure with any given thing based upon what movies they see or don't see or what products they consume or don't consume. 
uh, my only thing about the movie is I, I, I wanted to see a better movie, and I think that would have been even more impactful of, of the message than a mediocre movie that's kind of like a little bit better than a TV movie of the week, really, honestly, and it getting its message out. But I'm really kind of talking out of my butt because the movie is doing extremely well and lots of people are seeing it. My question now is, okay, what next? What next is is you know because you know how short the attention span is right now. Uh, in, in a few weeks, are we still going to be talking about child slavery because they're pouring over the border right now? The tagline of the movie is "God's children aren't for sale." You know what they are, and right now they are being sold currently as we speak. And I tell you what, the open border is the freaking Walmart of buying kids. And so, if you're pro open border you're really sort of part of the problem. <laughs> Does that make sense? So, I, great, okay movie, great that it's bringing so much attention to this subject. What now? You know, what happens next? Anyway, uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Anywhere, Anywhere. Anytime. anytime. And it's just wherever you need it, you can just go online and get it. Get the Sean Ryman Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Yeah, man. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. I was just really displeased all weekend, okay? Wasn't all that. I was underwhelmed by Sound of Freedom. Asteroid City sucked. I, I love Wes Anderson, and that movie sucked. It was just, look at me, I'm Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson. You know what I mean? Like, it was quirky. The characters were really cardboardy, you know, and, and the color scheme thing. He's trying to make a movie that looks exactly like a postcard from the 1950s, and the color scheme was annoying. So I wasn't happy with Asteroid City. I didn't like the freaking barbacoa. And now we got, you know, Chico White and the seven people who are only one of them looks like a dwarf. I, 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 I didn't even hear about this story until I, was, until I was driving in. My man Trey was doing this story. The, the Disney now is has a new Snow White that's coming out. I, I guess production images somehow leaked, and the Independent uh, out of the UK got a hold of some of these pictures. I, I haven't read this again. This is I got this from from Trey that you know originally Disney tried to say they weren't real pictures and they had to own up to it that now this is what we're doing and it's no, it's a hispanic snow white with seven <laughs> fully sized human beings uh you know uh, there's well i'm looking at the picture right now there's one dwarf guy there's uh two black dudes two white guys i bet they're gay another white guy and then a black chick these are the new seven dwarfs and again, you know, it's snow, it's snow brown. You know, I mean, you know what I mean. It's 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 a it's a it's a Hispanic chick, and which is fine. I don't give a crap. Why did I say something racist there? Did you, was, you, this, was that unpleasant? What I just said? No, no. I rolled my eyes. You rolled your eyes. Well, because if they want Mexicans to go see a new movie with a Mexican, they need to call it Selena. <laughs> That's the, yeah. only, that's the only way we're going. Selena White. Selena Blanca. Selena Blanca and the seven dudes. Muchachos. Who are not dwarves. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, uh, just just make a new movie then. You know, just make a movie with a Hispanic chick. You know, just create a new mythology. You know, you people, you freaking liberal idiots, you can't handle Snow White. That's too much for you. That's triggering you. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever think like I mean, what are the, what are the movies I wish I could unsee? Having grown, you know, when I was growing up, was cl- a Clockwork Orange, one of the most disturbing flicks. You will, you couldn't pay me enough money to sit through that piece. It's a brilliant movie. Don't get me wrong; I'm a huge Kubrick fan, but it's so disturbing. These people can't handle freaking Snow White. You know what I mean? They took out Prince Charming, right? Well, of course, you can't have some male savior rolling in and lip-locking with her and waking her up. I can wake up all of my own. I don't need you, me, no Miss Prince Charming to wake my ass up. I wake up all of my own. And here are my seven little 
little, I'm sorry, big, fully grown men. I don't know, you know. Just don't make it. <laughs> if if you got to remake the whole freaking thing to, to satisfy your quota thing about, you know, how many black people should be in a movie, how many white people should be in a movie, how many full-sized uh, people should be in a movie, how many dwarves should be in a movie. You know, if that's so, if you got to have freaking ratios, then why do you bother? Why? Do you know why? Because liberal idiots tend to be the most racist people on the face of the... They, they really tend to be really, really racist people. And they get out of their racism by acting like, well, as long as I have enough black friends, I'm not a racist because I have three black friends, two lesbian friends, one uh, non-binary person with dwarfism uh, who's also an Eskimo. You know, I mean, you know, it, that's how they... That's how they process racism. That way. That's how they process racism. With jive crap like this, a Snow White movie, you know, with, with, with can't have any can't have a white chick being Snow White, so it's got to, you know, we're being diverse here. And that's what I can't stomach. Because you know what? Your stupid little Snow White movie isn't going to make any single person's life any freaking better on planet Earth. Your, your little diversity quotas and, and, you know, and, you know, whatever, this racism thing with white people and you can't show white people anymore in anything. Uh, you can't have, you know, you, you watch TV. Have you noticed? You rarely see like a happy white couple that's just a man and a woman. Right? You, you, you always, <laughs> you see it. I'm so lesbian doubt when it comes to commercial TV. You see lesbians left and right. Look at how diverse we are. We we have two chicks kissing on our AT&T commercial. You know, who cares? This is meaningless. So I, good luck with the Snow White thing. Hope it works for you, man. Sorry about you little people in Hollywood. You just missed out on seven jobs because, well, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, I guess Dinklage was out there, uh, you know, railing about this. Yeah. He should be but sticking like, up. He should be sticking up for little people don't, and getting them work. Don't you want people to be portrayed, you know, as having dwarfism? And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not in that that situation, but we, you know, what's wrong with that? I mean, why why are we again just merely making sure that you have the proper mix of people? doesn't mean you've done anything to help any community on planet Earth. It's a stinking Snow White Disney movie. That's all it is. I don't see any Asian Americans in this cast lineup, you know. I don't see any Asian non-dwarves in the seven seven merry beings or whatever they're going to be. Hey, let me tell you something. You may you may not like seeing dwarves on, on film, but you know what? Those seven dudes had a work ethic, man. They had a. They got up, went to the damn mine every single day, didn't they? And they were singing when they did it. You don't. You don't. You didn't see any of the seven dwarves quietly quitting, did you? <laughs> I'm just gonna go to the mine today and just, just. I'm just gonna do what I have to do. I'm just gonna go home. I hope they fire me. Anyway, so good luck with the new politically correct, diverse. As crap, you know, Snow White movie. Hope it does very, very well. 210, actually, I couldn't care less. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Find what you're looking for. Local news coverage, local traffic. It's all waiting here. Locally oriented, which I like. On News Talk 550 KTSA. Local radio that's important to me. And FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. My Monday is almost over. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins coming up next. We'll give away some more Gunslinger tickets tomorrow. You know, sometimes uh, when I'm prepping the show, I, a headline just catches my attention, and I go with it. Uh, I saw this headline on the Fox News yesterday. German man dies after lover botched injection to enlarge private parts. Report. Uh, apparently, uh, a couple of, a, a gay couple in a guy, two guys met in Germany. They, I don't know, went to a disco or two 
and one guy was envious of the other guy. I think you know what I mean by that. And somehow they got their hands on some silicon. And the I I suffered through this article, so you don't have to. And so the one guy injected the other guy with the silicone, and he died. I know it's shocking that injecting silicon into your genitals could possibly kill you, but apparently it can, and it did. Anyway, I don't care about any of that. What I got from this story was that Germany apparently, and I'm this, this, this is from the article, so if there's any little kids listening, cover up their ears. Germany is the penis enlargement surgery capital of the world. More people, more men are are in Germany having that particular surgery than anywhere else on the globe. In fact, for every five of such surgeries, which frankly I weren't even wasn't even aware exist, one in five of these kinds of surgeries take place in Germany uh, at this particular moment in human history. One in five, and I just thought that was interesting. And I really just, the only reason I brought up this story on the air is so I could say Germany is the penis enlargement surgery capital of the world. And uh, I guess that's why Hitler was so pissed off. You know you know what I mean? Wait, he was technically Austrian. So I, I don't know if that correlation works. What's going on with all you German dudes? I'm so sorry. My best friend is half German. I need to shut my mouth right now. He's also half Hispanic, so you know what I mean? I think he's got everything covered. I'm just, I, why Germany, man? Why, why Germany? The, the brats are the worst. The brats. If you got to inject silicone into your bratwurst, you're buying them at the wrong store. Okay, those aren't bratwurst. Those are Jimmy Dean's, okay? That's what you eat in your breakfast bowl. I just, I thought that was funny. Why Germany? Why? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not, I have no, I have no next layer of information to give you to explain why this is so. I only know that it is. So anyway, let, let that settle in your brain for the rest of your day. Uh, let's see. Beyond that, what else was I going to talk about before I got out of here? Dan Crenshaw and AOC. Uh, are are combining uh, to hopefully produce legislation that will allow for folks, uh, our, largely our military vets who suffer from PTSD, to legally use psychedelics uh, as a treatment. I, I'm I'm reading more and more about this. This isn't, you know, and I'm talking, you know, LSD. I mean, when you're talking about psychedelics, you're talking about you're taking stuff that makes you trip, man. It's, you see stuff, mu- magic mushrooms. Uh, and I guess they're finding that for folks with a lot, with anxiety and PTSD, that using uh, some of these psychedelic chemicals in a controlled way uh, is is beneficial. I that That's actually, we've heard that for a long time. Actually, if you go back to the Timothy Leary era, uh, when LSD first came about in, in, in the lab, it was being developed, if I remember correctly, for psychological reasons. I mean, it was, it was meant to be some kind of a medicine for folks with mental health issues right off the bat. And what they found is that the, the hippies just thought it was really groovy and the Beatles made really great records after that. And But apparently it's always had this property to it. Now, of course, I've never in my life taken any kind of psychedelic in any way, shape, or form. Let me tell you something. After almost 35 years in radio, the idea that I would ever imbibe psychedelics is just shocking to me that you would even think that. Um, I have had some friends who've done it, and my friends will tell me that when it comes to acid and, and, and magic mushrooms, you know, you only need it once to kind of get the experience. I've asked some of my friends, so you, you only took it once? No, I took it many times, but I only needed it once, you know. So I, I, I myself would not encourage people to do psychedelics to help with depression and anxiety. That's just my sense of things right off the bat. But I, I, I have, I'm, not, I'm also not, I'm not a researcher. I don't know. You know what? If it's helping our vets with their PTSD, I'm all for it. 
But but then again, I've heard from a lot of vets over the years who want marijuana legalized because the marijuana actually works very well for them. A lot of these, uh, and I've actually have been on some of these uh, psychotropic drugs, mood enhancers, depression meds are, in my opinion, some of the worst medications on the planet. I've I I am I've been on uh, depression meds, anti-depression meds, probably half a dozen times over the past thirty years. I have never, not once, had a good experience with them uh, as far as uh, actually helping with, with things like depression and anxiety. Uh, and, and the fact is, once you start taking those drugs, you, you really can never stop. Uh, and moreover, and I'll, I'll kind of end with this, uh, uh, as far as prescribing these kinds of things to people, it's always a roll of the dice. You have to start giving them to people to see how they react, and then you adjust the levels and all that. So I tell you what, if the psychedelics work and they do the trick right on, it's kind of odd seeing Dan Crenshaw and AOC agreeing on something. Uh, Personally, I just think she wants legal mushrooms, which might actually help her intellect. But, you know, uh, if it works for the vets, let it it happen. Okay, again, it's, uh, it's first responder weekend at the Gunslingers coming up this Saturday. I think the game begins at 2.30. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I have a soft spot in our heart for first responders. Uh, my brother-in-law is a cop and we have lots of, uh, first responders in our, in our, uh, group there. So we're, uh, pushing this. If you're a first responder, you get in free on Saturday and I'll be giving away family four packs throughout the week. So, all right. Thank you, James. Thanks. Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, Christian blood. And, uh, and my brother, Trey, where spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. My swans east then climb.